0: This is our first normal service of the new year. And so I imagine what's going on in your minds is there's a whole lot of all the New Year's resolutions and the New Year's plan. It's, It's very normal for us to take the new year to look at the old year and see where we've come and what we've done. And there are all kinds of encouragements. I looked up last night on uh, on the Internet, and there was 100 New Year's resolutions you could make. Well, wouldn't that give you a headache, right? 100 New Year's resolutions that you could make. Uh, And there were different lists and uh, lists you could make for your health and things that you could do. One of the big problems, though, with New Year's resolutions is this, that what we tend to do is we tend to make New Year's resolutions... are about me. And without thinking about it, here's what we do. We make it about me and my life as though it's my life. I need to live it to the best I can. I need to make the most happen with it. I need to do, and subtly, at times like that, what we do is we take possession of our lives and we make it our lives. Now here's our question today. Is it really your life? Is it really your life? Whose life is it anyway? Whose life is it that we are dealing with? Let's talk about that for a few minutes this morning uh, and get an idea in our minds of whose life it is. Whose life this life that you're living is? You see, there's nothing wrong with you making New Year's resolutions. I mean, that's a good thing for you to look at the past and say, i have got to change these things. But if it makes you subtly take possession of your life, and it's mine, and I'm going to live it, then what it'll do is it'll actually put you at odds with God. And that's not what you want. That's not what you want to happen. You want your life to be lived uh, <clears throat> uh, in, <clears throat> in a sweet fellowship with God, not at odds with God. Let's read our text this morning. First Corinthians 6.19 What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Don't we feel like we're our own? Didn't you wake up this morning and you, it was your life, your day? Oh, yeah, you're going to do the things God wants you to do, but it's your life.
1: You know,
0: when you went to pick your breakfast, you didn't, uh, weren't concerned about God. It was, what, what's going to taste nice to me. You know, And so many of the things that you've got planned for the day are for your life, like it's yours. Look, those things are not necessarily bad. I mean, you've got to eat something for your breakfast that you should make a choice. But it's when we forget, I'm not my own. I don't belong to me. I belong to somebody else. That's when we get in trouble. For you're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You're bought with a price. price, Therefore, glorify God. Father, would you bless us? Help us, Lord, this morning, Lord. This is a truth we know. It's a familiar truth, Lord. And yet, Lord, it's a truth we can so quickly and so easily forget. Help us, Lord, in the year 2017 to first of all recognize the reality. My life is not my own. It's yours. Each person gathered here before me today Their life is not their own. It's yours. And may we live 2017 in connection with you, in vibrant relationship with you, and live for you and be winners. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. You see, everything about us teaches us that we are our own. mean, if you look at all the, all the New Year's resolutions, all the New Year's resolutions you're being encouraged to make are about making your life better, right? Because it's your life and you want it to be better. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you, you'll be told you only live once. Well, that's true. And you know what? That's actually an important truth. You only live once. I, I used to think uh, in my naivety that you got to come back again and again and again until you got it right That's not the truth. The truth is you only live once. But what happens for us in the world is we look at the truth that you only live once and we say, okay, I only live once, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to get the max I can out of it. No, no, no. You only live once and then eternity, which is forever and ever and ever, uh, is affected by how you live this once. Live it well. But living it well means taking on board the truth that I'm not my own. Living it well means understanding, I I don't belong to myself, I belong to someone much greater than me. You'll be told, follow your heart. (laughs) Uh, By the way, that one drives me absolutely batty. Follow your heart, right? Now, uh, and you'll hear Christians saying it, follow your heart, your heart won't lead you wrong. That's rubbish because the Bible says your heart is deceitful and desperately wicked above all else who can know it. In fact, the scripture tells you that your heart's a liar and will lead you wrong. And yet people, good meaning people, say, follow your heart. Your heart won't lead you wrong. Yes, it will. Your heart will definitely lead you wrong. If we take scripture at face value, you know what we do? We say, well, hang on a minute. If my heart wants me to do it, I really need to question it. I really need to understand what's going on. Don't follow your heart. Right, um, But you see, if it's your life and it's about you being happy and doing what's in your heart makes you happy, then follow your heart. Uh, be- be- becomes the truth. Uh, here's another one. You deserve to be happy. Right? Now listen, we all feel that anyway. We all feel that we have this in- 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 intrinsic <laughs> right to happiness. And happiness, by the way, is about right happenings in my life. Happiness is about the world falling out in easy places for me, and me enjoying the things that are happening. I'm talking about Sunday school uh, about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of me. Happiness is about the kingdom of me. Happiness is about me having what I want to happen happen in my life and enjoying it. You know, and and if you set your new year that you you, you deserve to be happy, so you're going to be happy this year, and you're going to do whatever it takes to make you happy. You might find yourself going hugely wrong in your life because the things that make you happy in your little kingdom are very often not the things that God would have in his kingdom. You know that when Eve took the apple, do you know why she took it? She took it because I'll be happy. Isn't that right? She took it because it was going to make her happy. It didn't make her happy. It hasn't made any of us happy. In fact, we've all been unhappy with Eve ever since. <clears throat> right? But what happens is, we think it's going to make us happy, so we do. Listen, <clears throat> you don't deserve to be happy. In fact, that, that could be a whole other sermon, what you actually deserve, is not it? <clears throat> what we deserve, that, that would be a whole other sermon. Now look, do, do, do you desire to be happy? Well, of course you do. You'd be mad if you didn't desire to be happy. Does God desire you to be happy? He does actually. But God desires you to be happy through your obedience and his blessing in your life. It's not to you going your own way and being happy. It's through you going God's way and God making you happy. It's a whole different thing. Right? <clears throat> uh, you see, everything in a secular world encourages to take control uh, and to make our lives my life. All right? <clears throat> uh, There's all kinds of encouragement to make it my life. And if if you're not watching out, if you're not taking care, what will happen is you'll very subtly slip into the place where you make it your life. And you do your thing and you have it your way. That's the way we're made. You know, when it comes to living for God's kingdom or living for our kingdom, our bent is always towards living for my kingdom. That's just the nature of human beings. Even saved human beings. <clears throat> the nature of it is, I'm going I'm to make my little kingdom work. And you know what? We can set out to do that in 2017. We can set out to make it, you know what? I'm going I'm to make my kingdom work. I'm going to make it work for me. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to change things. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you know, <clears throat> it's amazing that when you set out to do that, you know, it's amazing how you can actually go in that direction. And you can make some things happen in your life. But you won't be happy. And you won't gain. You never gain, you see. Second truth uh, we need to understand is this. When it comes to this life, if you keep it, if you make it your life, if you take it as your own and do your own thing with it, what's going to happen is you're going to lose it. Jesus said in John 12, 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. That's a great truth there, because you and I were made to be big. We were made to do something big. We were made to make something happen. We, you know, <clears throat> we know it. It's in us. It's in God. God put it in us. You know, we all want. We all want to have an impact on our world. Like you, you, you look across the world. Everybody wants to have an impact. It may be in a very small way because that's all their ability is, or maybe in a very big way. You mean, people built the pyramids to make an impact on their world people build hospitals people start schools you know people do all kinds of things because they want to have an impact on the world that's not wrong that's that's what's what's in you right it's in you to want to be big but when it comes to spiritually when it comes to you as a believer do you know the things are different for you as a believer than they are than they were before you were saved you don't understand that you're in a different economy after you're saved it's not, it's not the same. It doesn't work the same. Things don't go the same. <clears throat> when, when you're, you're in a new economy because you're saved and you're living a different life because you're saved. And God says this to you. He says, if you want to have an impact, you have to die. And he gives you a picture. You see, you, you, you can have a corn of wheat, just a tiny little corn of wheat. And if the, the, the corn of wheat doesn't die, it stays just one corn of wheat. But if that corn of wheat gets planted and put in the ground, it brings up a shoot, and the shoot will eventually fill with grain, and you can get up to 500 corns of wheat from one corn. That's having an impact, isn't it? When God talks about us having an impact, he's always talking about a significant impact. He's not talking about us being nothings and nobodies. He's talking about us having a significant impact. We just have got to discern between what's me and my life and my kingdom and what's him and his life and his kingdom. See, because God wants me to have a big impact, but he wants me to have a big impact his way. And you see, if I'm going to hold on to my life and say it's my life, I'm going to control it. I'm going to live it. I'm going to do it my way and do my own thing. If I'm going to hold on to that, I'm going to end up at the end with my one little corn when I could have had 500. I don't want that to you. I want it to be big. I want the impact to be big. I want it to be as big as it possibly can be. It doesn't matter to me uh, that everybody else doesn't think it's big. That really doesn't bother me. But I want it to be big in God's eyes. I want, I, I want when I stand before him. I don't want to look and say, oh, yeah, all I've got is what I started with. I want it to be big, right? <clears throat> so, and then he goes on in tw- verse 25, and he says this, He that loveth his life shall lose it. Now, let me tell you, you're, 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 you're in the down place there because you already love your life, don't you? And he said, no, I don't, Pastor. You don't know my life. I'd gladly give up my life. I don't love my life. No, it's not talking about you not loving the circumstances of your life. It's talking about you loving your life. You loving yourself. And we're experts at loving our lives. We're experts at loving ourselves. We want to make it work for us. We're all experts at it. That's our problem. We're all experts at making it work for us. And so we conflict with other people because, you know what? They're not such experts at making it work for you. They're all trying to make it work for them, <clears throat> so you can't conflict with people because they want to make it happen for them, and you want to make it happen for you, and so there's a conflict. And unless somebody learns to actually give in, to yield in the situation, uh, all you've got is conflict. That's why marriages break up. <clears throat> but if you can learn, hang on a minute, no, uh, it, it's not about me, and you can, you, you can actually do something, but naturally, uh, we're lovers of our own selves. The Bible says, no man ever yet hated his own flesh. And by the way, ladies, it's not just talking about men. It's talking about women as well, all right? (laughs) It's it's the generic term there for us. You know, we all love our flesh. Uh, We all love ourselves, right? Now, and Jesus is saying something then that cuts totally across the grain for us. He says, he that loveth his own life shall lose it. Now, if if I love my life and hold on to it and it's mine, he says, you're going to lose it. If you, If that's the way you treat it, if you treat it like it's yours, you're going to lose it. If you hold on to it, you're going to lose it. But he says, "But he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal." Now that's a hard saying jesus 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 put some things out there that were hard sayings. I understand why the people said to him one occasion, they said, "Oh, listen, we're not following you anymore. The, the things you say are way too hard for us. Well, we can't bear these things you're saying to us, right? But he wants us to be in the place where we hate our lives. Now, to hate is the same as denying ourselves and taking up our cross daily to follow Jesus. Luke chapter 9. It's to deny ourselves. Now, denying ourselves is not what you normally do, is it? How do you feel when you get up in the morning and your favorite cereal is not there? You don't like it, do you? So what do you do? You make sure that your favorite cereal is there. You can get bent. Out. Listen, we can get bent out of shape over the silliest little things, can't we? <clears throat> we can get bent out of shape over things that are just, you know, they're nonsense, and yet they can get bent out of shape. Now, all that proves to us is this, right? We, we love ourselves. Denying ourselves doesn't come naturally to us, right? <laughs> but denying ourselves, Luke nine twenty three, is taking up our cross and following him. Now, You know, let's cast our minds back. What did it mean to take up your cross? Well, the man who took up his cross wasn't thinking about his cereal in the morning. In fact, he wasn't thinking about the morning at all. Because there wouldn't be a morning for him. Because he was dying. He was going up that hill wherever he was going to get put on that cross and it was the end of him. He was ended. When Jesus walked up, listen... (coughs) That's what it meant. It meant death. The cross meant death uh, to these people. Uh, it, it means that we need to daily say no to a self-centered life. Now, don't get me wrong, right? Don't want you going off on a tangent here and saying, oh, no, my favorite cereal is gone. Now, it's not about your favorite cereal or any of those incidentals in your life. It's about the heart of the matter. Are you going to live for yourself or are you going to live for him? Are you going to say no to you and yes to him? It's about us living for God's glory and not for self. It's about me living for Jesus, others, before I live for me. It's very simple. Remember that little song, Jesus, others, and you? That spells joy. It's very simple. You know, it's putting him first. What does he want first? And it's about putting others first. And I don't figure in it. It's not about me. And, 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 and the song says that's how to have joy, and it's true. That's how to have joy. But what we do is we want to live for me first, don't we? We want to reverse it completely. We want it, we want it to be me first. <clears throat> now, hating your life in this world is not the way to gain eternal life. That's not what we're talking about. You gain eternal life by coming to the place where you realize you're a sinner in need of a Savior and you cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ and he does the saving. That's not you hating your life. You don't have to come to the place where you, where you hate your life before you get saved. You just, just need to come to the place where you realize you're a sinner. And you cry out to him and he saves you. Uh, it's not about you, know, you come into the place uh, you know, where you don't, don't like your life in that sense. You, you just come to the place where you get saved, right? Uh, but <clears throat> Jesus said in Luke nine twenty three, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now here's the thing about the cross. The cross was an implement of death and suffering. And here's what Jesus says to us. He says to us to take it up daily. Hang on a minute. Going to a cross once will be bad. Going to a cross daily is definitely not what we want. And yet, There's a principle here that we need to understand. You see, the verse says, if I love my life, I lose it. If I love my life, it's not going to count. If I love my life, I want to make an impact, I'm going to end up with my one corn of wheat. And if I daily go to the cross and yield my life to him, I'm going to bear much fruit. 500 grains. You see, there's, there's a deep truth here for us. There's a deep truth that goes against everything that's naturally in us and everything that the world would teach us. He says he wants me to give my life so that I can have a life. But if I hold on to my life, I'm going to lose what I have. Now, you know, we kind of know it's true. Because we kind of taste it from time to time, don't we? There are, there are those times in our lives when for some reason, you know, <clears throat> we, we may be walking closely with God, or maybe the circumstances come into our life, and what we do is we sacrifice what we want. We say no to me. We say no to me, and we say yes to him, and we feel wonderful. That should do the opposite, shouldn't you? It should actually, you know, you should feel bad if you say no to you. Because everything in you says, if I say yes to me, I'll feel good. But when I say no to me and yes to him, something entirely different than I expected happen, to happen happens. So, so we kind of know this truth. We, we kind of understand this truth. Uh, <clears throat> you see, it's the daily activity of life where I choose me. And let, let me say this to you as a Christian, right? You're a believer here this morning and you know the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know that we can be the most devious of all? Because here's what happens. We know truth. And we know you know. you if you know truth, you're supposed to live truth. And we know that too. Right? And so what we do is, we don't want to live truth sometimes, so, so we kind of twist it in our minds. And we do something for self, but we make it look like it's for somebody else, don't we? We do something for self, but we make, we pretend uh, like it's for somebody else. Did somebody ever give you a gift right, and you knew they were going to share the gift with you and you, you looked at the gift and you said, you know what, they just bought that gift for themselves. Like somebody brought you in a box of chocolates in, Christmas, in hospital and they ate half the box of chocolates with you. <clears throat> you know, they picked their favorite kind. You know, we can do things like that in the spiritual life. We do things that everybody's going to look at and think are good, but the reality is we're doing them because everybody's going to look at them and think they're good. We're not doing it because we want to yield ourselves. See, we've got to be careful because we can live for self. We can be masters of uh, hiding the fact that we're living for self. Don't do that one. It's going to make you very unhappy in the end. It's going to ruin your life in the end. You know, you need to be honest with yourself. You need to have some people in your life that are honest with you and say, yeah, catch yourself on there. You know, listen, the reality is you just bought that for yourself. You don't like those people, but you know what? They're essential in your life, those people that will actually face you off and say, hang on a minute, Uh, you're you're just deceiving yourself here. Because if we live for self, and if we take our little grain of corn and hold on to it, that's all it'll ever be. But if I take my grain of corn and I say, Lord, you have it. Lord, I've got this life. Three score and ten, the Bible says. Seventy. Seventy years. I've got this life, Lord, and I want want it all to be yours. I want you to have all of it. I want you to to sow it. I want you to plant it. I want you to make it something of my life. I'm yielding it. I'm giving it. I'm not going to live for me, Lord. I'm going to live for what you want. You know what? Great things happen in our lives. Now, your nature, your natural state is you want to live for you. My natural state is I want to live for me. That's just the way it is. But if I'll take my life and if I will yield it, if I'll give it to him, he'll make it count. And if I won't, I lose. You see, here's the thing: living for self promises us happiness, doesn't it? Promises to make me happy if I live for myself, if I do it my way, if I if I, if I can get it my. But it doesn't work, does it? Because you've tried it, haven't you? And even when you get all the ducks lined up in a row, which is rare, something's missing. Something is missing. That's why you know you look around our world and. <clears throat> nobody's happy, nobody's, no, nobody, nobody quite gets it. It, it, it doesn't quite work, because no matter what you have, something is missing. I was thinking, thinking last night, <clears throat> so preparing for, preparing, preparing for this, it's kind of like my, my, my Uncle Joe, uh, he, he's my father's brother, right, and I remember as a kid, uh, Uncle Joe was a great guy to have around, because he was always full of fun, and he was always fun of games and so on, and some of us were blowing bubbles, so we're that young, right, <clears throat> you know, we're less than ten. And Uncle Joe makes this great promise. He says, "If anybody can put a bubble in their pocket, I'll give them sixpence." Now, sixpence for those of you that remember, sixpences were a lot of money. They were a lot of money to have a sixpence that was your own was gonna you know you could buy a, you could buy a whole bunch of sweets in the shop for that. For us, sixpence was really <clears throat> you know it was more than a week's pocket money. So Uncle Joe said, if you can just just put a bubble in your pocket. Now, we opened our pockets. I remember remember the trousers I was wearing. I can remember opening, and it was definitely wide enough to fit a bubble in. I, I, I remember it. And we tried so hard to get a bubble into our pockets. But you know what would happen with the bubble? Every time you got a bubble to go in the right direction, just as it would get into your pocket, it would pop. You could never quite do it. Living for self will never quite do it for you. It promises to, but it will never quite do it for you. It will never actually bring you to the place where you're actually happy because it can't. Jesus told you it can't. Jesus says living for self can't actually do it. You, you can't be satisfied. You can't be happy. You see, what you've got to do is you've got to lose your life. You gotta come and you gotta say, Lord, it's not my life, it's your life. I understand that, Lord. And Lord, I want you to have it, and I want you to take it, and I want you to do what you want to do with it, Lord. And Lord, I'm not able, because you're not, but I am willing. And if you'll help me, Lord, I'm gonna go right along with what you want. Now you won't get it all right. You won't <clears throat> you, you you won't always be in the right place. But you know what? If you make that kind of a commitment, God will help you. And you'd be amazed at what he can do with your life. You'd be amazed at what God can do. You see, you can't. But he can. Your life left to you with you running it and you controlling it and you holding on to it is always going to be empty of blessings but give it to him, and the blessing starts rolling. Let me give you our last point here. If you let him, he will live his life through you. That's what he wants. That's Christianity. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, we talked much this past week about being crucified with Christ. <clears throat> Both speakers hit it again and again. What does that mean? When Christ died, I died with him. When Christ died, David O'Gorman died with him. You know what would be good for me if I would left him dead? But you know what happens? We keep resurrecting him, don't we? We keep, going, we keep coming, bringing back up the old life. no. When Christ died, spiritually, I died with him. I was put in his life. The life of Dave was supposed to be no more. But it wasn't the end of me. That wasn't God's plan. God's plan wasn't to end me, because if he wanted to end me, he could have done it in a much easier way. <clears throat> Nevertheless, I live. So I died with Christ but I live. Now, in the fact that I live, I have a choice to make. Two pathways. And really, there are only two pathways. There's not kind of dozens of pathways. There are two pathways. I'm going to live my life for me, or I'm going to live his life for him. It's either going to be my life And I'm going to go my own way with it, or it's going to be his life. Because I still live. I have a choice to make. You see, I need to reckon myself to be crucified. I need to understand, you know what? The truth is, I'm crucified with Christ. It's not about me anymore. It's not about my life. It's not about what I want. Nevertheless, I live yet, not I, but Christ liveth in me. Now let me talk to you about this. This is the profitable exchange. There's an unprofitable exchange in Jeremiah chapter 3 when the nation of Israel reject God in favor of themselves. And God puts it this way. He says, you've rejected me, the fountain of living waters, and you've chosen instead cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. They had tanks that they could control. The only problem is they were cracked and they could never get them filled and they never had enough water and they said no to God who was the fountain of living water. That's the unprofitable exchange. That was a bad deal. But you know, when you make this deal and you say, okay, nevertheless I live yet, not I, but Christ liveth in me. You let it be christ's life in you you made the good choice you make the powerful choice you make the right choice you make the choice that counts christ liveth in me you see jesus christ is a winner and he will always be a winner and I'm a loser, and I will always be a loser left to myself. And you say, that's kind of hard on yourself, Pastor. You know, uh, you can get some things right and you can do some things. Yeah, but you know what? Overall, by myself, my life adds up to a zero. He that loveth his life shall lose it. Zero. That's, you know, live my life for myself, and it adds up to zero. That's, that's reality. That's true. That's a bitter pill to swallow. But nothing I do is going to be of any consequence if my life is lived for me. But you know what? If Christ steps in and I live, and He lives His life through me, I become a winner. Because I can't fail. Christ never fails. You see, He is love, He has power, He knows. When I let him into my life, you know, listen, my life is never going to be less with Jesus than it was without him, ever. It's always going to be more. My life's always going to count for more when I let Jesus have his way in my life. When I let it be his life, not mine. Now, here's the question for us. That's what God wants for you, each one of you here. You're not saved, he wants you to get saved. I want you to trust him as your savior today. <clears throat> Listen, you know, don't leave this world without preparing for eternity because we're all born sinners on our way to hell. But Jesus paid the price for our sin. And the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon his name shall be saved. If you will call out to God today, he will save you. I know, he did it for me. He did it for a bunch of people in this room. He would do it for you. You're not going to be the first one that he rejects, trust me. If you would recognize your sin and recognize your need of a Savior and recognize that Jesus was the Savior and cry out to him and ask him to save you, he would do it. And then he wants you to come to the place where you give your life to him. Now, what does your life count for as it is on your own doing your own thing? What does it amount to? You know, I can, I can take my life and I, you know, maybe make a lot of money with it. So what? You can only eat so many meals. You can only wear one set of clothes at a time and you can only drive in one car at a time. So what? And when you die, you leave it all behind. And what we we, we could look at all the things. You can go for fame. You can go for fame and, and, and you, you you can you can live your life for fame and for the applause of people and for people looking at you. you know, when you die they'll forget about you and They'll forget about you. You know, you could live for beauty, you could live for, for strength, you could live for power, but you know what? They're all temporal. But when you take this precious Thing that God has given you called a life. You take your seed of your life and you say, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm going to live it for you. I'm going to do what you want me to do with it. Lord, you, Lord, you help me. I'm not able. I, I, you know, I'm not, I, I don't know how it's all supposed to go, Lord. I'm just going to do what you want me to do, Lord. And he'll show you day by day what he wants you to do. And you say, Lord, I'm going to live it for you. I'm going to make it count for you. And you let God have his way in your life. You win. You say, but you know what? I would lose a lot if I did that. Oh, you might lose a light lot in people's eyes, but you would gain a lot because that's what it says. If you hold on to it, you lose it. But if you lose it, if you give it for for His sake, then 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 you gain. You keep it, and <clears throat> you see your life could count. You know, the world, may not never, the world may not never look at you and say, man, you are something. That doesn't matter. Because the world doesn't know. One day, one day, you're going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ in all His glory. And He's going to look with those eyes that burn like fire. And He's going to know everything. Nothing hidden from Him. And if he says to you in that day, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, you know what? You have it made. You have a life that counts. And you know what? It just begins there. Because it counts for eternity. So here's what you're doing. In the cusp of a new year, we begin a new year, you're just about to start a new year. Whose life is it? Is it your life? Is it your life? You're going to live this little grain that you own, that's all it's ever going to be? Or are you going to say, Lord, it's your life. I'm giving it to you, Lord. You take my life, Lord. You show me what you want done with it, and I'm going to do it, Lord. I'm not able, but Lord, I'm trusting you to help me and to enable me, and Lord, I'm putting it in your hands, and you know what's going to happen? Not just the end of 2017, but the end of your life you're going to come to and you're going to say, that was the best choice I ever made choice to let him have my life. If you haven't done that, I'm going to give you an opportunity in a few minutes for you to do it. If you have done it, but you're kind of taking it back at some point and it's become your life again, listen, put it back in his hands. Get back on track, right? See, 2017, it's a great year. You're alive. You're here. You've got an opportunity to affect eternity. Don't miss it. Make your grain of seed count. And what you do is you give your life to Him and you say, Lord, you do what you want with it, and I'm going to follow. That's time for prayer. Father in heaven, we do thank you, Lord, for your word to us. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing of being able to gather before you, Lord, and to hear your word and to sing your praises. Now, Lord, would you help us this morning? Or there are decisions that need to be made, Lord, would you help us to make them? Oh, Lord, there are some that are struggling with the idea of yielding their life to you, Lord, because they're afraid of what you would do. Blessed Spirit, would you show them your love and your care and how you know best? Lord, there are others who are struggling because they don't think they can do it. They don't think they can keep it. They don't think they can live it. Lord, would you show them that it's not their power but your power that does it? And Lord, there are others that are struggling because they've tried and failed and don't want to try again. Lord, would you help them to see, Lord, that you're a winner when they let you in the situation you can win. And Lord, perhaps there are those here this morning, Lord, that do not know you as Savior. Blessed Spirit of the living God, would you bring conviction? Would you draw that one to you? Would you do the work, Lord, of bringing that one to to Christ? And Lord, may they sweetly bow and trust you. Oh, Lord, work in our hearts, we pray. As you stand uh, before him, would you just respond to him? Whatever he's uh, speaking to you about, deal with it right now. Just respond to him right now. Let him have his way in your life. Let him have your life. Give it all to him. There's nothing that's worth holding on to because he knows best and he has the best plan. Just where you stand, just do business with him. Now, Father, we thank you, Lord. Would you bless each heart? Would you help each one, Lord? Would you uh, draw us into a deeper, sweeter place with you in this uh, new year, Lord? May we know your presence. Uh, May we know what it is to walk with you. And may we know the joy of victory that you promise us. In your precious name we pray. Amen.